Hi, I'm James Brooks, and welcome to From the Factory Floor, a conversational podcast about all things startup and tech, brought to you by the folks at thestartupfactory.tech. Welcome to another episode of From the Factory Floor. It's your host, James Brooks, again, and today I'm very kindly joined after another hiatus. You seem to keep avoiding it, Alexa. Welcome back. Thank you, James. Good to be back. How it has you? been a while, yes. It has. I can't remember when the last time. I think it was uh, about mid-2021 that you uh, we managed to last get you on, because you're a busy man, aren't you? That is true. That is very true, what we've got going on. So... Obviously, we've got you on today to talk about one of the side projects that we've been uh, working on here at TSF, and I know that you've personally put a lot, of, a lot of effort into, which is the Pragmatic CTO at work. So, um, I guess as a start for 10, what is the Pragmatic CTO? Who's it for? So, Pragmatic CTO is, a, is as you say, a bit of a side project we started at the Startup Factory. It's a... It's a um, like a budding network, it's an aspiring community for, for technology enthusiasts and business leaders in Manchester and the north of England, um, with the goal of helping to develop the next generation of technology leaders locally. Uh, so that, that's our, our big goal. Uh, some big words there, so hopefully we'll be successful. I mean, it's, it's a big goal to try and get, obviously, bringing people through from outside that junior level through to eventually being CTOs, obviously, a really big task. So... Where did that idea initially come from for you to actually want to start that journey for a lot of these people to become CTOs? So, as you know, James, you, you and me have worked with Startup Factory with a lot of founders and startups and, and uh, brought a lot of them into life by building a tech products and building teams. And, and some of them are quite successful companies now, nowadays. And as you know, uh, we usually start the journey by, by me taking the role of, of interim or advisory CTO and help uh, move the organization forward from that early, early inception stage. Uh, what I did notice uh, that the hardest bit of that whole process is letting these companies go in the sense of building the talent internally and le- leadership that can bring them to the next level. So uh, we, as you probably know, uh, have, challenge, have challenges in getting that job finished and stay for, for much longer than we initially thought. Uh, the biggest challenge in that was finding, recruiting, attracting, training, mentoring the next generation of, of tech leaders. And that's what I try to address with the Pragmatic CTO concept. Yeah, because I mean, I know from obviously how we've dealt with our startups, with obviously the main challenge is usually recruitment, not just to the CTOs, but the teams in general. Obviously, your CTO, you really hope is, I guess, that guiding light for that team, that person who's going to lead them, develop them, train them. I mean, obviously, with that, what are some of the other main challenges that tech leaders face in startup life? I would say building tech teams is, is the number one challenge. That's that's the most critical job of, of early stage technology leaders, surrounding people who can um, get the technology within the organization to the next level. We are talking usually about tech products, although nowadays every company is a tech company, as technology is at the core of a lot of businesses. Uh, but that's that's probably not the, the only one. I think on a more kind of personal level for anyone stepping up in that kind of CTO, head of engineering role, balancing um, the part of the role that is inward, inward looking, like building things, engineering, uh, designing software, uh, with, with outward looking, uh, talking to investors, representing your company with stakeholders. It's always a bit of a challenge 
depending on what side of the spectrum of technologies you, you, you come from. Um, and another maybe um, big challenge for me, uh, and I, uh, from, from what I can see with a lot of other people coming into that, that, that type of sort of uh, CTO role is the, the importance of quick decision-making. Uh, making decisions isn't easy, um, but if you are a CTO, you have to make a lot of decisions very quickly, and you just have to become comfortable with that, that some decisions may not be the best, and they can change. But the, the things, the important bit is that you have to always move forward towards your goals. So I guess that's really one of the things about the pragmatic CTO is giving these people the confidence to know that you know they're making the right decisions at the time, and allowing those decisions. You know, like I say, we know better than most how fast things can move in the startup world, especially in technology. That the decision you make now might not be the might turn out to be the wrong decision in six months' time, but obviously, if you're make, still making it now, that's still Right yes, decision. and you, you said a, a very important word is confidence. It, it is all about confidence. Um, I, I would never say that I know everything. Actually, I know I know nothing really. The more, the more in, in this, I, I think I know even less. But I, I can still make those decisions. That it, it is about uh, finding the right balance between confidence and, and moving things forward rather than just stagnating and procrastinating and waiting. Uh, and another thing you did mention is technology as a general rule is a fast-paced world. It always changes. I mean, even in my career, which, you know, hope, you know, maybe I'm, I'm midway through it now, but I, I've seen some big, big changes in the technology, starting from the uh, advent of the internet, uh, cloud computing, uh, nowadays in AI and machine learning. There's a big changes, and that's from a high level, let alone of smaller bits, you know, changing frameworks, languages, and what's involved, what isn't. I mean, uh, but I would say that that's probably, although I think a challenge, it's, the part of, of the role that uh, a lot of techies like myself enjoy the most, so, so they don't find it that challenging. And I suppose, you know, it goes back to what we were saying before about the recruitment and finding the right people to then join you as a CTO and form that, whether it's the, the sort of senior engineers, head of engineers, or even the more junior level, having that ability and people around you to help make those decisions and then implement them so you can focus on that almost futurist and the more outward aspects of being a CTO, let's say dealing with investors, which isn't something a lot of developers, especially if you haven't been in sort of an environment like we are, probably haven't been as confident. So what's the main things you look for, especially when, like when you're building the team here at TSF, what's the main things you look for to enable you to do your role so well? Uh, I think a lot of people listening to this to recognize uh, that the, the, the market in the, in the technology recruitment has um, been extremely challenging. I think demand is, is huge. Uh, you'll see that, as I said before, every business is a technology business nowadays. Um, so there's a short supply of good, good engineering skills, uh, which, which, I, which is why I, I do think that um, in order to build the best possible team, um, organically team that will help you grow as a company grow and grow themselves, is probably not by just focusing on the skills and the specific you know, languages uh, or, or frameworks or whatever it is, really. Uh, I would say the key aspect is is that kind of um, um, mindset that you're looking for, someone who is willing to learn uh, and grow both personally and professionally in terms of their responsibilities and everything else they do. I'm, I'm quite a big believer in, in um mentoring people into the jobs so that that's what we try to do here in tsf that's what we start to do in a lot of startups uh, maybe one of the reasons you would say for that is that in a lot of startups budgets are huge constraints so you can't afford to hire the rockstar developers so you want to start 
small but with people who can grow. So recognizing that early by connection to universities or, or you know, um, career changing uh, kind of bootcamp programs and things like that can, can make a big difference. No, so now we've had a lot of success with our sort of internship programs and I know also we've hired some of our interns we've had previously. Equally, people like Austin, who was on the podcast a few weeks ago, obviously with their career change into tech using um, North Coders, I think looking at those people with the real drive and determination gives you that impetus to their mindset, which then really helps them to develop further down the line. So hopefully, whether it's becoming senior engineers, becoming CTOs, obviously it really depends. And it's on those, I guess, how much do you look at the coding skills of the team around you versus their decision-making abilities because obviously that's something that when you're building a team you've got so much to look at that you want to start having people develop in the right ways yes so, so i think we, we mentioned that mindset and the kind of that kind of desire to, to learn but we also have to be ready to to spend time and effort mentoring and supporting uh, if you want to go down this strategy route of building a kind of young and growing growing team uh, i think technology skills are important in essence, that that's what you're looking for for them to do in a job. Uh, but I, I mean, uh, similar to all the changing technology from internet and cloud computing, I I my career went through a number of languages, frameworks, and I've I've realized that it's not important the the syntax or the specifics. It's it's more of that engineering mindset, thinking like an engineer and doing the right things. Really, that is important. Uh, but uh, I would just add one more thing, which is that. One of the key aspects that we are looking for is also that that kind of um, um, mechanical sympathy for software development. So software development is a very popular job. It is well paid. So uh, what what is important for me is is to 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 get people to really enjoy what they're doing. So they're not here because they probably could do something else or would want to do something else, but here here by chance. Not that I don't mind that. I think what what's important for me personally as well. Is that you enjoy what you're doing? So if you get someone who, who is into that for the right reasons, it's, it's a big, big plus for them. And I think especially once you go past those first couple of hires, where you're really looking for tech skills, and that's also how they that integrate into the team, which you know something we've spoken about, and we always make sure that when we're looking for people to hire, that they fit within the team you've got because you've nurtured them and brought them on. So the last thing you want to do is bring people in that are potentially going to upset the apple cart in a way that doesn't actually push the company forward. So, obviously, we've spoken a lot there about the recruitment, and we could probably do another three episodes just on tech recruitment with the amount of experience, both good and bad, that we've had in terms of trying to find teams. What, when you're looking at the more external facing role, which is something a lot of people, especially at that head of engineering level, who won't have been involved at the board level, the C level, externally in terms of fronting the technology team. What advice would you give to people in terms of actually stepping into that role and how does that change for you? That is a very good question. I think that one of the big challenges in building a working relationship between core technologists or engineers and the business stakeholders and investors is that kind of um, barrier of technology and specifically technology language. So I think one key piece of advice I would give to anyone aspiring to, to, to establish a good communication with their investors, stakeholders, CEOs, whatever they are really, is, is not to hide behind technology and technical terms and, and anything, any implementation detail. You know how it's, even if you do a software engineering, you always are taught to think about big picture, 
the designs, building blocks, not the implementation detail, because implementation detail can change. Same, same in this aspect. Um, communicating clearly in simple terms about design, about the, the concepts, rather than implementation details, is the key to successful uh, relationship. Uh, also, when it comes to things like roadmaps, which is usually one of the key interests for anyone on the board level, where are we doing? What are we doing with technology? What is the budget for? Where, where are we ending? It's not about just explaining what we can do now, uh, but also about where are we going 6, 12, 18 months in a, a time. But again, in simple terms, in terms of um, exciting people without giving too much information about details that are probably not important at this stage. No, because I think that's one of the things we found and obviously I've worked with some good CTOs in the past and some, you know, that were more early stage. And I think how you manage to communicate quite complex ideas to people like myself, like he like Ian, who aren't necessarily developers or have that deep tech knowledge to be able to understand what the roadmap is, where this pro where this project could go, and also why things happen in particular orders using the experience you've got. I think that's I think the most valuable thing that I've seen when we've dealt with um, investors and externally with how a CTO interacts with people is actually making things simple and knowing the right level to pitch it at as well because you don't want to almost go too lower level in you know almost you know the dummy's guide versus actually this is how it impacts the business and having that context i think that's something you've managed to do really well uh, and that is the thing that you, you're not bored with you, you just the things you learn through experience sometimes you get it right sometimes you're not quite right but yeah there, there is that slide in scale of, of how deep you want to go in technology but all, all I mean, it's a two-way process. The more you explain and get people on board, the more decisions you can make that will impact that technology back, going back to your technology team and impact some of the lower level stuff, be it you know, technology choices or investment in new engineering skills and things like that. So, you know, between the external facing stuff, the recruitment, making tech decisions for the company, onboarding new developers, choosing the technology stacks, looking at architectures, on everything else that you actually try and do in a day as a CTO. How do you actually balance that into a role and actually manage your day-to-day -day workload? Because it's so varied. Uh, it is very varied. That's what makes it interesting and challenging and exciting. And that, that's what I like about my job. And that's why I want to um, inspire others to, to join me on that journey. Uh, but as you say, there's a lot of distractions. There's a lot of things you need to take care of. And keeping a lot of things in your head is, is can be can be challenging. I think uh, if I were to give any advice on that, it won't be so much technically specific. But I think things that do help me uh, are daily to do list, knowing what to do, what to focus on, when and how, and 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 specifically when. Um, but also minimizing any kind of unproductive side show stuff like meetings that that you don't have to be on learning how to delegate. Uh, I mean, for techies, for non-techies, business leaders, this can be normal stuff, but in the technology world, that's always a bit of a challenge for me has been as well as coming from some engineering uh, background. I would always like to put my hands on the keyboard to do something to stop yourself and see what's your most valuable uh, use of your time. And, and But at the same time, trying not to lose that kind of um, hands-on touch, which I'm trying to keep uh, uh, and, and kind of lead by example, really, uh, not be the one that kind of delegates work that you can't really do. Yeah, it's always been one of the mantras of don't ask someone else to do something that you wouldn't do yourself, you know, no matter what it is. I think 
by having like say the to-do lists and you know i know we've spoken about making sure meetings are actually 45 minutes in the calendar so you've always got that time to reflect and do any actions from the meeting so that you're not then cutting into and then constantly in a cycle of eight-hour meeting, eight one-hour meetings a day, then you've got a whole list of actions you've got to follow up on, but you've got another day of meetings, and suddenly you've got a to-do list which is unmanageable. And like I say, when, when you've got a role which is as diverse and as complex as a CTO's role, being able to put in small things that make a difference really do help the day-to-day -day management, which then helps the day-to-day -day company. So hopefully... You might have inspired a few people whether they've been put off by how complex the role is i'm not <laughs> sure but if anyone wants to get in touch with you around whether it's your journey or how they can get involved with pragmatic cto how would they get in touch with you so i, I do try to share my experiences to do a bit of a, a, a writing on any topics uh, and challenges that i do, do encounter in my day-to-day job i do that on uh, www.pragmaticcto.com so i would suggest everyone to go there uh, there's a reasonably large library of content that you can you can read through if there's something that matches matches your interest or, or challenges um and on the back of that and the interest we got for this concept from both technology community but also from a lot of founders and investors who are looking to to beef up their their tech leadership team we are running our first pragmatic CTO event. That's exciting. Um, yes, so that's happening in March. Uh, so if you do search in Google uh, pragmatic CTO at Eventbrite, you'll you'll find the registration page. It's completely free. Uh, there'll be four speakers on the day. Details will be there, uh, and um, hopefully you'll we'll have a, a good, fun evening out, followed with a couple of beers and and pizza as well. So we've got an event in March. We've got the pragmatic CTO website. There's a Slack channel as well, isn't there? Yes, there is a Slack channel. We are, as we said at the beginning, trying to build a community. So we have a pragmatic Slack channel at pragmaticctoed.slack.com, uh, free to join. And we also have our email address, pragmaticctoed at the startupfactory.tech for anyone to reach out. Uh, if you want to get involved, if you want to speak to one, uh, one of our invest, uh, events, come to come and meet us or uh, have uh, uh, another form of gathering or, or community around pragmatic CTO concepts and ideas, uh, please do get in touch. Great stuff. Well, hopefully it'll be, uh, I think it already promised to be a good event with some of the speakers we've got lined up and obviously, you know, the events we've done so far have been relatively successful. So, and uh, hopefully we'll have encouraged a few people to actually think about maybe to make taking that journey from being a senior engineer through to being a CTO and dealing with all the wonderful stuff you get to deal with. Definitely, we we should we should definitely try to make Manchester and the north of England the, the next uh, Silicon Valley. And um, thank you, James, for inviting me and giving me this platform to talk about. No, this. you're always welcome. If anything, you need to come on more often. So, well, no, thank you very much for your time, Alexa, and thank you everyone for listening. I think that just about wraps things up here. If you have any thoughts or questions on anything we've said today, get in touch, whether that be through our Twitter at RealTSF or email at hello at startupfactory.tech or feel free to drop in for a coffee and a chat. As ever, thanks for listening.